What's going on, everybody? I'm your host, Ryan Clary, and you're tuned in to the Locked On Nationals podcast. Thank you guys for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And so on today's show, I'm going to take a break from the season breakdowns as I've been breaking down all the Nationals' key pieces to the 2022 season. And today, I just kind of want to take a look at what they've done this season in their rebuild and kind of take you guys back and really just process everything that happened from the real start of the rebuild this year in 2022 and moving forward. And so the real questions today, are the Nationals on the right tracks in this rebuild? Find out after this. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Again, thank you guys for tuning in today. Always appreciated. And please follow the show Twitter at LO underscore Nationals. And you can follow myself at Ryan Clary 11. And so, like I said, this season was a tough one. We finished the worst record in baseball. I don't know how many times I've said that, but if you're doing a drinking game at home and you're keeping count on this and taking a shot for every time that I say that we had the worst record in baseball, probably wouldn't be alive. So let's let's not do that. How about that? But back to the point, this Nationals team right now where we stand, it's a rebuild. And Mike Rizzo has gone on to say plenty of times, he's been on the flagship station, uh, 106.7 The Fan, and he said it multiple times to the sports junkies that this is a retool and rather than a rebuild. And I, I just don't buy into that. I just think that's a GM talking to where they don't really want to admit to where they are right now as an organization. Because look at this team. This is a full-blown rebuild. Let's call it as it is. I call a spade a spade. And this is a spade. Easily. You look at it, and and really, when you look around this Nationals team for the players that are on the Major League roster right now, who are you building around? Just take a second and try to think about that. Who are you building around right now? We got seed CJ Abrams, who really should be our franchise shortstop. I put those in quotation marks if you're watching on YouTube. Other than that, it's Kiber Ruiz, Josiah Gray. Steven Strasburg is still somewhat a face of the organization if he's healthy. That's a big if, a huge if. Joey Manessis, I was trying to make an argument the other day for him being the face of the Washington Nationals, which I still believe in. But other than that, in order to have a retool, you have to have something to build around. And that's a question that I would ask Mike Rizzo and kind of challenge him in a sense to where, well, who are you building around it? Who are you putting these tools around? Because you have to have a foundation to have success first. When you build this from the ground up, which we what we're doing right now, And the proof in that is you trade away Juan Soto. If you were in a retool rather than a rebuild, then you wouldn't have traded Soto to begin with. And I'm on record saying that I would have done that Soto trade as much as it stings. Obviously, having someone like Soto in this organization is a good thing. No one's saying that it's a bad thing. 
I'm not. And you shouldn't either. Because I've stated this before and time and time again. That this was the right decision for where this ball club is at right now. Just as I was saying earlier in this show. What is there to build around? And that's kind of the question that I'm getting at today. And really, is this team and is this organization on the right tracks for this rebuild? And I have some numbers and, and opinions on that, and that I'll get into that later in the show in the last few minutes. But first, let me just answer that question that I, I proposed to you guys. Who do you have to build around on the major league level? I'll say it right now. C.J. Abrams. Like I talked about earlier in this offseason, I believe two weeks ago, if I was GM, I'd be calling up his agent with Rock Nation Sports, which is not, which is not, I'll say it again, it's not Scott Boris. So you can say what you want about having this amazing relationship with Scott Boris. We've seen it time and time again for one of his agents who are Nationals players. They have no problem walking out the door in D.C. So I don't like hearing that. Well, you got someone, C.J. Abrams, who really turned it on in September, had a 300 batting average, was a great fielder, had multiple web gem plays. He was kind of the complete package, and he's 21 years, actually just turned 22. He was a top 10 prospect heading into this season in baseball. That's someone you build around. And I think you start by that, by getting him an extension. If you truly believe in the trade that you made, with the San Diego Padres on August 2nd, then you should have no problem in extending C.J. Abrams. If you truly believe in your scouts and in your front office that you can make this happen. Now, if C.J. Abrams saying that I don't want a deal, fine. I get that. But I don't think that's the case. And I don't think that's the case for anyone right now that's not a Scott Boris client. I think you could really extend anyone. In your own power. The worst thing you can do is lowball him. Or not, that's that's not the worst. That's the best thing. Lowball him. He's a rookie 22 year old. Do what the Braves have done. They stole Michael Harris the second. And I guarantee you they're gonna do the same thing with Von Grissom once he's batting 300 and with a 900 OPS by the trade deadline next year. They'll have him an extension and he'll sign that thing. But back to really my whole point of this is he's someone that you can build around. And what's better to build around someone than when you know you have them locked up for the next 10 years? And so I think that's a real starting point to where this team could really put the money where the mouth is. You made this trade for when you're trading Juan Soto, you're expecting the world in return. You're never going to get Juan Soto in that deal. Never. We already know that. There's one Juan Soto. There's one Bryce Harper. There's one Mike Trout. Those guys are in their own tier. Mookie Betts. But when you trade someone like that, you better get someone that can help the major league level immediately. And I think C.J. Abrams did just that. He filled a big hole over at shortstop. I'm big and high on Luis Garcia. I like his bat. His fielding is iffy, but I think it's something that he could work on and he can improve at. And I can certainly see him playing an average second base, which we've seen. He's average. He has some rough stretches, 
Let's let's make no mistake there. But when you look around, you have C.J. Abrams and you have Kiber Ruiz as well, who I'm really high on. I've said it before. I think he's a mainstay at the backstop there. He he doesn't let the ball get by him. He's going to take command. The pitchers trust him. He's someone that you want back there behind the catcher's position to help lead this starting pitching rotation as well as the bullpen moving forward. After that, Josiah Gray. I got into him last week as well. Josiah Gray is someone that you can build around if you think that he is what you thought he was going to be. And which I've said before, I think he's a middle of rotation guy, which is fine. We wanted him to be a one or two when we traded for him, but I just don't think that's what we're going to get. And hopefully I'm wrong. If I'm wrong, I'll be the first one to say it. I'm perfectly fine with being wrong there. But then again, I come back to that same question where can this guy, can you build around him? And yeah, he's a block into what could be a big tower someday. Will that be the case? Probably not. But the wheels are in motion. They're turning. And I think he's going to get better as time goes on. And then obviously, when you look at the minor league system that we have right now, we went into this 2022 season back in March. You were looking at it, and this was an awful farm system that really had no hope in improving. You had Brady House, who's your first-round pick in 2021. He's He was decent in his first full season in single-A Fredericksburg, but he got hurt. He had some back issues, which they haven't really been too transparent about from what I've seen. But as much as I've heard, I think he'll be all right going into 2023. And so he's someone that you're going to be able to build around. This season, you got Elijah Green, top five pick, top five prospect in this class. His father played for the Pittsburgh Steelers, won a couple Super Bowls, I believe. That's someone you're going to build around. And he had the numbers to prove that. And I'm going to get into all these top prospects and what they mean for this rebuild to make sure that this team is on track to take that next step. But before I do that, I want to talk to you guys about my friends over at Simply Safe. As everyone knows, athletes rise and fall in the ranks. But when it comes to saving money, Simply Safe always stays on top. And right now, you can save big with Simply Safe Home Security. They're giving listeners 40% off their advanced security system. Simply Safe was just named the best home security of 2022 by US News. I use it. I love it. You'll love it too because at Simply Safe, your safety is only thing that matters. And when I say that, I'm always in DC at work. I don't really have too much time to check on my phone and check what's going on at the house with my dogs. So guess what? The other day there was a break in down the street for a car. I got the notification from Simply Safe. They alerted me that my home was fine, my belongings were fine, and they were right there step-by-step with me in that process, and they can be for you too. With 24-7 professional monitoring, when a threat is detected, Simply Safe's monitoring professionals promptly contact you and dispatch your responders to your home, and even if you're away or unable to respond. Our monitoring experts use proprietary response technology to visually confirm when a break-in is real so you can get the highest priority police dispatch. Don't miss this chance to say big when you protect your home with the best. 
Get 40% off your order when you visit simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB today. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash URL. Go today. There's no safe like Simply Safe. And so let's get back into the Nationals prospects in the farm system. And so my friend over at Nats Farm, that's his Twitter account. You can follow him there at Nats Farm. He tweeted out this graphic on uh, Monday night. And I saw this and I was like, wow, like this is something that really kind of stuck with me. So here are some prospect acquisitions that the Nationals got in 2022. CJ Abrams, I've already ran through it with him. I've done the season breakdown. If you missed that, go back in two weeks ago and you'll find that and all the reasons as to why I want to re-sign CJ Abrams or not re-sign. I want to extend CJ Abrams. Mackenzie Gore. This was someone who, again, top 10 pick in baseball at one point. One of the brightest arms in Padres system at one point going into this season. He was someone who started off the year with the Padres. He pitched well. He was impressive, but he ultimately didn't last and had some lingering elbow issues that held him out for the rest of the season. And we didn't get to see him up in the big leagues, but we will certainly see him in 2023. And then our number one prospect right now, Robert Hassel III. This was someone who was in A-plus Wilmington, got the call up to Harrisburg to play with the Senators. He, he had a slower season this year. Let's be honest. He had, When he came over here, it was a little tougher on him. And that's something that we will be getting into more in this offseason as we continue to go. But he didn't really impress. I, I don't even know if I just say impress because he did have some – big numbers when he was in San Diego this season in high single A. And when we traded for him, he was batting 300 with a 380 OPP, OBP, good Lord, when that 846 OPS in 75 games this year. And when he came here to Washington, that kind of dipped off and he batted at 211 with a 548 OPS in 10 games with Wilmington, and then got the call up to Harrisburg and stepped it up a little bit with a 222 batting average with a 607 OPS in 27 games, 108 at-bats. Obviously, that's a lot to happen when you're 21 years old. You've been told your entire life you're the best in the business. That's what I think people don't really understand about these young prospects. They don't really know what it's like to not be the best player on their team. It's rare, especially when you're a first-round pick like Robert Hassel. You've probably been the best player on your team for your entire life. And so once you get in the minor leagues and you have other first round picks or maybe other international guys that are ranked better than you or a higher priority in the organization, then it can kind of fluster you a little bit and get you in a place to where you're thinking, oh, well, maybe I'm not the best. Maybe I'm not. I'm not saying that was the case with Robert, but it's probably a little pressure on him. And especially coming to the national team that, Right now, in the younger, lower levels of our minor league system, we're kind of stacked. And so, I'm not saying he wasn't the best player. He's the number one prospect in this organization. But just because you're the number one prospect doesn't mean you're the number one player right now. Like, you know? So, I factor into that, and I try to I try to think about the mental side of things also, rather than just the numbers of what they hit this year, how they were defensively. So I try to be human and think about both sides of that, which I think more people should do more often. 
After that, you look at the Nationals' number three prospect right now, who, in my opinion, will be the number one prospect heading into 2023, James Wood. James Wood, I've talked to him. I've talked about him slightly on this podcast before, but I will certainly be getting into the hype around James Wood going more into this offseason. Because this season, playing three teams, he played at the rookie level with San Diego, and then he went to low A ball there, and then got traded over here and played in low A Fredericksburg. This was someone who batted 313, had a 420 on base percentage, and had a 956 OPS this season in 76 games. This is someone, according to MLB Pipeline, he's his hit tools at a 50, powers at a 60, his arm is at a 55, and his overall is just a 55. I, I see James Wood being a 60-level prospect when you're going into 2023 if they decide to redo their rankings. Because I guarantee you, once they redo this ranking, James Wood is going to be your number one Nationals prospect. Someone who I trust a lot, Grant Pulse, and I work on his show every day, the Grant and Danny show. He's got a lot of insight into the organization, and he covers this team in the minor leagues on a daily basis. He said it himself. James Wood, this was before we even traded for James Wood or even knew that we were going to be trading for this guy. James Wood is going to be a top 10 prospect in baseball going into next year. In sub-publications, well, not, I'm not even going to say publications, but some people I follow on Twitter, like I know this one account, MLB Nerds. This is just a younger guy who really follows baseball and looks at the analytics of things. He had James Wood as his number one overall prospect after this season, after 2022. And I'm not saying he's the Bible of baseball. That's, that's not what he is. But he's someone that I trust and someone that I look at and who I know who does his research and doesn't just look at a box score. And I trust his opinion on it. And also, when you look at his and take a look back at what the articles about people, what people were writing about James Wood in 2021, when he was drafted in the second round at IMG, the big thing about him was his consistency and his swing and miss potential and his swing and miss rate, rather. And this was someone who's coming to, to the Nationals organization and he hasn't missed a, a single thing. Same with the Padres. Hasn't missed a single thing, and that is someone that you can certainly count on on this team moving forward. All right, let's move on. Yarlin Susanna. I've talked about him some on this as well. Has 103-mile-per-hour fastball. Do I need to say any more? He's 18 years old. He's six foot seven, 270 pounds. You think that's a little scary going against him? I think it is. I think he's someone who's also going to be the potential for a top-20 prospect in baseball when it's all said and done. This is someone who only started a couple games at the low level of Fredericksburg this season. And again, 18 years old from the Dominican Republic, and he throws a 103-mile-per-hour fastball. 103. Do you remember back in 2010 when everyone was freaking out because Steven Strasburg could touch 100 every now and then? Well, we have an 18-year-old who throws a 103-mile-per-hour fastball. And take a look around the majors. <laughs> Not many people can do that. And this kid's 18, and he's doing it on an everyday basis. And by the way, he's got a filthy changeup as well. So, because people can hit the fastball. 
but 103 mile per hour fastball it's probably gonna be a little more difficult if i had to take a guess at this i've never gone up against 100 miles per hour but i'm gonna take a guess and say it's pretty hard especially when it's 103 all right elijah green now like i said i touched on him a little earlier again this is someone incredibly high ceiling maybe the highest ceiling of all the nationals prospects other than james wood but again He's kind of that same profile as James Wood. There was a lot of concerns about his swing and miss rate coming out of high school. And again, out of IMG Academy as well. And this is someone who in his first pro season down in uh, West Palm Beach, he raked, batted 302, 404 OBP with a 535 slugging percentage. Well, it was good for a 939 OPS in only 12 games. But this guy is electric. He is someone that is high character that you want to build around, and he's someone that you will want to see in the major leagues in the next few years. And really, if he if he's just going to light up in the major major ah, if he's going to light up in the minor leagues, you're going to see him a little sooner than you think. I believe if he stays injury free and he's hitting well, he's going to be great defensively. We already know that. That's someone that you're going to be able to see a lot sooner than what you would have thought. And then Trey Lipscomb this year, the Nationals' uh, third-round pick out of the University of Tennessee, who started off in low A Fredericksburg, and he hit pretty well. This is someone who batted 300 this season with a 719 OPS. I can tell you right now, I got to see him in person one time. He's pretty big for a third baseman. He's someone that, I think could have power down the line. If that's something that he's going to be able to tap into, he played in a loaded Tennessee team this season. And so he kind of had that breakout year that not too many people were expecting, but it's something that it's an interesting prospect. Someone that you could potentially build around, see what he can do. See a utility guy. That's going to help you come off the bench. Sure. For a third round pick, we could use that. Why not? So that's someone that keep an eye on as well. And back to the Nats farm account, Brenner Cox. Now this is an interesting prospect. And this is what aligns with my bargain shopping. What I was saying with the nationals, Brenner Cox, someone who was a high schooler this year, we selected him in the fourth round of the 2022 draft. And so far the results have shown he's batted 286 in rookie ball. At a 400 slugging percentage, that was good for a 766 OPS. Again, only 10 games, but this is kind of where the camp that the Nationals have to be in. You have time to take shots on high ceiling, low floor prospects out of high school like this in the fourth round. Spend a little more cash than what you would have in the fourth round. This is where the Nationals have to be living in moving forward for the next couple of years. You're going to take gambles on these guys. And really every year you should be taking gambles on these guys like the Braves have done. And that has paid off. Von Grissom, Michael Harris. Do I need to say any more on that? And then another sleeper that I think could, I don't, I just don't know enough about him and I haven't seen it in person, believe it. So I don't like going on the record with what I believe. Jared McKenzie. He's the Nationals 22 prospect right now who's taken in the round after my guy Brenner Cox, only 22 years or 21 years old, rather, and played in 17 games in Fredericksburg, and he lit it up. He batted 400 with a 425 OBP with a 614 slugging percentage. That was good for a 1039 
OPS in 17 games in 70 at bats. That's a lot. Two home runs, 15 RBIs. He struck out 19 times. That's something that's a little concerning. But again, fifth round pick. You're 21 years old. First real season in the minor leagues. I'll take it. You're fine. And that really kind of wraps up some of the guys that I'm looking forward to into the season. And I think this is going to be a nice little getaway for the Nationals. So before I get in and kind of put a bow on the show, thank you guys for making Locked On Nationals your first listen. Now for your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. And so to put a bow on this episode and to really kind of wrap up the conversation that I had about this team, are the Nationals on the right track? Absolutely yes. We're projected to have a top three pick in baseball this year up in 2023, as long as we win this stupid MLB lottery, which I hate so much. I'm going to talk about it later in the offseason. I hate it. You want me to say it again? I hate it. This is something to where you need to do. You need to take, you need to go bargain shopping. You need to draft high schoolers later in the round, see what they can become. They're going to have more time to develop in the minor leagues, more time to learn. They're going to mature under your supervision, as you could say. That's going to be on your terms, on the organization's terms. You're going to tell them what you want to do. And that's something that I like. That's something that I want to see from this team. I think that's something that we really missed out over the last decade. We didn't really have high schoolers that we took out of the draft later in the rounds that we kind of developed for our own. And we saw that the talent, like with Vaughn Grissom, Michael Harris, I've mentioned those guys a lot because those are two superstars, in my opinion, over the next few years that weren't first-round picks, that weren't second-round picks. These are guys who are later in the draft by the Atlanta Braves, and right now the results are showing quick, 21 and 22 years old. They came up in the majors, and they made a huge difference. I'm not going to say they led the team to the playoffs. That was a loaded Braves team, but they certainly helped them on their way there. 1,000%. And if you say otherwise, that's crazy. Insanity. They 100% helped this team, and I think that's what Mike Rizzo and the learners and whoever's the owner and whoever's the GM really moving forward, that's what they need to be in. And they need to look yourself in the mirror and really tell yourself who you are. Are you rebuilding or are you retooling? Because to me, and I think a lot of you, and you guys can let me know what you think, to me it's clearly a rebuild. They can say what they want. Say that you're retooling and that trading Juan Soto is just a step in the right direction for your retool. No, 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 no. That is a rebuild. That is quite literally the definition of a rebuild. You traded away the core of that World Series team for this rebuild. Don't shy away from it. Call it as it is. I call a spade a spade. What do you call it? A rebuild or a retool? I'd love to hear your feedback as I'm interactive. I'll read even some tweets from the following days come after this episode and however you may see it. But really, to answer my own question, are we on the right track for this rebuild? Enthusiastically, yes. And I say that the proof is in the pudding. 
you're already seeing some results from these younger minor league prospects that could be in the majors within the next couple of years. You're going to be able to sign someone like we did back in 2011, like Jason Worth in a few years. You're going to be able to build around him. He's going to be part of that foundation for once these younger guys start coming up and blossoming into the stars that they could be. Not every one of them will be. But I think if two of the guys that I just named in that farm system rundown, if two of those guys aren't superstars, I'd be shocked. Or not, I wouldn't even say superstars. But if they aren't stars and if they aren't great players, at least two of them, then I think this whole thing was a complete disaster. This whole thing was a disaster. But I don't think we're on that road. I think we're starting to see results. And I think this is something that we will continue to see going into the next year. I even think Robert Hassel is going to really turn it around. And I think there'll be some conversations at the end of 2023, whether if we should bring him up or not, which I don't think we should for the record right now. But thank you guys for making Locked On Nationals your first listen today. Now for your second listen today, checked out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most, the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with the local experts inside and only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. So I want you guys to enjoy your day. And the next few days, I'm going to get into some postseason baseball reaction as Bryce Harper and the Phillies are in the World Series going against Dusty Baker and the Houston Astros. Go Astros, go. Have a good night, everybody. Or good night.